0: All right, well, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer before we have our our study this morning. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have, and I just thank you, Lord, for the salvation that we have. And just thank you that as we study your word, that it can be used both as a warning to us in the ways of knowing what it is that your will is. And so, Father, that when you've defined evil, you've also defined good. And so, Father, just give us discernment as we study these things and we're thankful that we don't have to worry about the punishments and the judgment um, and that we are um, completely 100% secure in your love and your blessings. But it's our heart's desire to know your word and to know you better. And so, Father, again, just um, thank you for this time that we have together. We pray for our nation. We pray for uh, believers all across this world. We pray for protection for those who are in, in some dangerous places. and So Lord, um, pray for the services to follow, and this is all done in Christ's name, amen. 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 All right, we are continuing in Romans, Romans chapter 1, and uh, I think it, it's quite funny sometimes. I don't know how many weeks we're into the book of Romans already, but somewhere around 10 weeks, I think, and we haven't finished chapter 1 yet. And as I said at the end of last week, that is mostly your fault, it's not mine. And, and and again, if you're new, uh, we promote conversation, questions, dialogue, discussion. There's a difference between a sermon or a message versus a Bible study. This is meant to get us all um, opening the Word of God. There are no dumb questions. If you've got a question um, and you think it's dumb, I've probably already asked it to somebody else. So don't uh, please don't ever hesitate and again those who are online um, listening I'm on I'm monitoring YouTube so if you have questions on YouTube you can post them post them there but uh, Romans chapter 1 again as we, we've talked about is the is the, the the foundation of the book that is the foundation for the doctrine to the church the body of Christ and so the book of Romans is so vital that the Holy Spirit saw fit that the Of the first books that were directly written to the body of Christ uh, the Holy Spirit saw fit that this one even though it wasn't written first but it was placed first Um, that's how important it is because of all the different doctrines we uh, we see and explain to us and so uh, that's just again how important this book is uh, to establishing the truths of God and it also it's it again we also understand that people think that the Bible contradicts itself because it says one thing in one place and something else in another place the usual response is to to either dismiss the Bible altogether or to try to make the Bible say something that it didn't say or to not say what it did say Uh, we hold here at Grace Bible Fellowship that that's not the way you go about scripture we believe you go about scripture by assuming that one, the Bible makes sense And it's written for our understanding Not for our confusing It's not there to confuse us And so when we we approach the word of God Understanding that if it says one thing In one place and one thing in another place It just might be that God Started doing something different The book of Romans is very key To understanding that Because God did start doing something different He's done that a number of times He's done that throughout history Nobody even argues that fact And so Whenever God judged the world through a flood And he began to institute human government For the very first time He set about new laws He started doing something different Well, in the book of Romans We see things that are instituted As we've already talked about For these last, I don't know, 8-10 weeks or whatever The justifi- justification um, is made by your faith In the finished work of Christ That wasn't the case in the past Romans is the first book that gives us that piece of information. That's how important the book of Romans is. And so as we, as we continue on at this look, now we're, again, we're, we're looking at, at Paul describing the downfall of mankind in the past. He's explaining here in Scripture so that anybody today can go to Scripture and they don't have to, to go get a PhD. They don't have to study archaeology. You know, they, they're, they're not dependent upon scholars. You can go right here to Romans chapter 1, and you can find out how is it that man um, became alienated with God. It's right here for us, and all we got to do is look at it. And so these, these last um, uh, verses that we've been looking at, uh, especially starting for, from verse 17 on, is a detail of God's um, wrath towards unrighteousness. The decline of man, um, as we looked at last week, the foolishness of giving to something else what belongs solely to God. God alone deserves all glory, honor, praise, and those types of things. Man has a habit of robbing him of that. Man has a habit of wanting to give it to either himself or to another. And Romans 1, again, is telling us what's going on in the situation and in describing the fact that God is justified in himself by turning man over to a reprobate mind because man decided they didn't want God. And man wants to have his own way. Man wants to have his own freedom to choose until that becomes inconvenient. And then they want God to say, well, wait a minute, why didn't you make me do it? Why didn't you make me trust you? Why didn't you make me believe in you? Well that's not the kind of God we serve We serve a God who wants you to love him He wants you to choose to honor him He wants you to choose to glorify him That's what he wants He's not going to make you do it Although there is a day Coming that there's a judgment For those who choose not to do it And that's why the scripture says That there's a day that every knee Will bow and every tongue will confess Not that there is a Lord Not that there is a God Not that you know, nature is God. Know that Jesus is God. There's a day coming for that. and um, But until then, uh, we know that God has allowed man to make his choice. Any questions, comments, or anything on any of that? Okay. Romans chapter 1. I think we left off here in- and <clears throat> Around verse 23, we were talking about that word change. And if I remember right, uh, we talked about how um, Tim had mentioned um, the word exchanged. And, and, and that is the idea that's being presented here is, is in verse 23, just to read it. Well, starting verse 21 for context. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves, and, and, and just to stop there for a minute, again, note here from that verse, when it says their foolish heart was darkened, there's a natural ramification whenever you choose to, to reject truth. Well, when you choose to reject truth, you tend to believe the lie, right? If the truth is light and you choose to reject the truth, where are you going to be? Darkness. In darkness. And so that's what this is talking about here. Their, their imaginations, their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. And we see that all throughout time, all throughout history, and it's very prevalent today. Those who think that they're wise, and again, I've pointed this out many a times, those who consider themselves especially New Testament scholars, um, most of the time they don't believe this. Uh, and that's why it's very important of who you who you sit under as far as teaching and and you know because the, again you go to a lot of these um, colleges out there and, and I'm talking about some of the major um, liberal liberal um, colleges for theology and their professors aren't aren't espousing the idea that this is 100 percent perfect the word of god that they they believe that that um, the people who wrote this down were influenced And they wrote things down based upon feeling and such And so they're professing themselves to be wise As though that they can interpret the Bible Instead of interpreting themselves based upon the Bible And that's what this is telling, telling us They changed the glory Exchanged, verse 23 The glory of the uncorruptible God Into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And last week, we spoke about this statement of uncorruptible God. God cannot be corrupted. He is perfect. He is sinless. He cannot sin. The old question, could Jesus have sinned? Well, you know, we can go into that discussion one of these days, but the short of the answer is no, he couldn't have sinned. Could he be tempted, meaning was he presented with the opportunity? Yes, but God is uncorruptible. 100% 100% uncorruptible And man chose To give glory to something That is corruptible In other words it's something that decays All of these things that are listed here The things that are created All decay don't they mm-hmm. Unless unless God Doesn't allow them to um, Where there is sin There is decay and you say well what about the tree The tree didn't sin no but man did And the earth was cursed because of it And so man chose to to give glory and honor um, to uncorrupt or to corruptible things. And it lists some of the things, bird, four footed beasts, and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. What kind of cleanness? Uncleanness.
1: Sexual immorality.
0: Mm-hmm. Sexual immorality. Val, what did you say? I just said anything through the lust of their heart. Yeah, the lusts of their heart. Um, and oftentimes the lusts of your heart show themselves where? In the flesh, and that's where they oftentimes show themselves. I mean, you know, society likes to to make you know I don't want to say make fun because or jest at the idea of men um, when it comes to the lust of the flesh. I mean, not only do women have that, but they may have a different type of lust of the flesh. It's a lust of the flesh to covet what your neighbor has. That all of those things are lusts of the flesh, and sexual immorality is one of those things, um, but what we have here is, is specifically, what's going to be talked about here is the dishonor of their own bodies between themselves. And so this is going to talk um, and delve into the idea of homosexuality. There were things like bestiality going on here, all sorts of sexual sin and perversion. We had our uh, board meeting last week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And At the end of it, Tim had made a comment, and we've talked before about this before. We tend to think that because we see things in scriptures about the last days, how things are going to be bad, and we see how bad things are, we forget how bad things were back then. I mean, especially even in Noah's (coughs) day, things were so bad, the judgment. And even at this time in which later on, um, there's just, man has always been bad. Anytime he's stepped away from God and that started taking place immediately, And so the amount of sexual sin and perversion, and we saw that with Sodom and Gomorrah. What what was the reason for Sodom and Gomorrah's demise? Mostly because of sexual sin. Although, if you listen to scholars today, what do they say? In hospitality.
2: In hospitality.
0: This is I don't listen to them.
2: You shouldn't listen to them.
0: Well, that's one of the reasons why they use it. They use that to justify it. Even though the scripture says specifically that it was they went there because of the sin of, of of what was going on, and so yes, man, those who call themselves Christian Christian teachers are teaching in colleges today. Be careful where you send your kids. They are teaching that the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah isn't wasn't homosexuality. It wasn't the sin of the flesh. That God doesn't have a problem with homosexuality. He doesn't have a problem with premarital sex. That is what our our. Liberal teachers are teaching. Now, I'm not talking about secular. I'm talking about in, you know, theology. Well, what does this say? It's pretty simple. Anybody who wants to come with this, come to this with a little bit of um, uh, willingness to understand what it's saying. They decide, dis- dishonored their own bodies between themselves. And changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so they they changed the truth of God and they changed it into a lie. And, and that's an interesting phrase because it's not just that they chose to reject. We see here a statement that they basically changed what was true and called it a lie. You see any of that going on today?
2: Yeah.
0: In other words, saying that what God and this is, why, this is why I say that those who say that they speak for God, they better be very careful. You're on tricky ground when you're adding to the word of God. And this is why, again, I say over and over again, when God is vague, please be vague. When God's specific, you need to be specific. When he's vague, don't be specific. And We, we see this too often amongst uh, Bible students, um, lay people, and especially Bible teachers. And so... They changed the truth of God into a lie, and they worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Tim.
3: So you didn't really touch upon it, but I know a lot of people have been confused uh, by verse 24, where it says, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. And they say, well, you see, uh, God forced them to sin, and... um, my understanding of that it has always been you know he he allowed them to do what their natures uh, were mm-hmm. leading them to do rather than uh, uh, God taking some kind of action uh, that caused sin
0: yeah and, and the 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 point that's being made there in that verse wherefore God gave them also gave them up and I think we we talked a little bit about last week this term gave them up is a is a judicial term it's a term that's used on handing over somebody the concept is literally to hand over somebody to somewhere we looked at John chapter 19 where where Jesus gave up the ghost and so God here isn't making anybody he's turning them over he's turning them over to exactly where they chose that they wanted to be And so that's what this is talking about, is the idea that he hands them over to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. This is something that they already had. This is something that they already uh, possessed. Their hearts were already lustful. They were already, as we're getting ready to see, the things in which he's getting ready to list list here um, is is somebody are people who were already experiencing. um, Not so much he let people who were in a neutral position go bad which is probably a lot of what, what people like Tim is referring to. Oh, you know, we were just not that bad of people, and then God just walked away from us, and it's not our fault that we turned out this way. But, you know, there's a lot of people actually have that mindset about God. He just like, you know, you know. we see these stories of parents who, who get arrested because their kid is wandering around the streets at midnight at, you know, four in the morning, and they get arrested for, for not taking care of their children. I forgot the actual name of it. Um, uh, but they, they treat us, act as though it was God did that, like He just you know let us off on ourselves like little children, no, God was there revealing himself, and man kept on saying no i 'm not going to listen to you i don 't want to listen to you and, and continue to walk away and so this idea of turning them over is turning them over I mean handing them over exactly to where they wanted to be because they they would not worship Him is they it wouldn't kind of like the prodigal son. He relentlessly wanted to leave
2: and wanted his inheritance, so the father finally—that's
0: one him. of the examples. Yeah, that's a very good point. The prodigal son, and we see this in scripture. There's there's numerous examples in scripture where we see God doing that. Where Israel is his special people, they would continue to go down the wrong path. And what did He do? He would send them, let them be taken over, and send them away into punishment. But the deal with Israel was, was that if my people um, turn from their wicked ways and they, repot- they repent and they call on me, I will save them. And so uh, there was that aspect that Israel had. But, man, um, there came a time once you get to Revelation 12, right before then, Revelation tw- or not Revelation, Genesis 12, is where Abram is called. And Right before that, you have the Tower of Babel it, at the height of... Um, one of the heights of rebellion against God And so man who, who Refused to do what God said You know Said we don't, we don't want to listen to you God And so God Hands them over to exactly where they want to be And it says three different times Here in these verses that God um, Gave them up Not that he made them a certain way yeah.
1: I would just Offer that the, the free will Or our free will is the means whereby God um, uh, determines what our heart, where our heart really is, right? And you touched on that in the beginning—that that we make choices all the time, and whether we serve to glorify the creature or the Creator, right—is uh, is, is <coughs> the, um,
0: the, the tool that I believe He uses our uh, free will. He does. He he again allows us to have that free will. He doesn't make us. And like I said. Most people are fine with that until they're going to be held accountable for right. it. And then they're like, you know, and kids do that, don't they? Whenever you have little kids, you know, what does that tell, tell us about us compared to God? You know, we are. We're like little children, which is why Scripture tells us that we have the Word of God. Why? So that we're not tossed to and fro of any wind of doctrine. Um, and so we can have the truth, which we'll be talking about later. But so, yeah. I mean, the idea that he's he's given us up, um, allowed us to have our own own choices, and man wants to walk away, uh, unless God unless God made us robots. The, the story is mankind is is man always chooses sin. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, also um, about free will, I think that's what distinguishes uh, Christianity from the, the, all the other religions. I don't know all of them, but I would say the Worry of all the other religions in that uh, if you're submitted, if you're uh, forced to submit, such as the case like through lack of works or through, uh, you know, being kicked out of the church, you know, uh, if, if you don't toe the line, uh, etc. particularly uh, Islam, thinking of that, that's the most popular one right now or the most uh, uh, well-known one where actually exercise you from from the church but Catholics have done it as well and um, if you um, I forget where where I was going with that
0: well they have you oh yeah 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 so
1: you have to submit whereas in Christianity I believe it's to surrender he wants you to surrender your heart as opposed to being forced (laughs) to submit and we get that choice and therefore it's more meaningful and it actually means means something, as opposed to being forced into it. Sure,
0: yeah, and that's that's why knowing the terror of God, we what we we kill them if they don't. No, it says knowing the terror of God, we persuade right. man. Right. You know, so it's the scripture. God, Christianity is rational. You know, and this is why we don't go out and kill people and 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 do all those types of things. And other, other religions will do that, and they'll they'll be quick to say, ah God. God, had a, God did it too Well let's do a little study and put this in context He did that He did that whenever somebody was trying to stop The plan of salvation That's what he was trying to do And so he doesn't condone that type of thing And it was only in very specific cases
1: so. and, the, and the example The epitome or the, uh, the prime example of that Is giving up his only begotten son Christ mm-hmm.
0: Yep yeah. It, the, the fact that he was... Um, well, Romans 8. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? There, in that, you understand the heart of God. God was willing to sacrifice himself um, to free us from the bondage of sin, to free us from the ramifications of sin, to put us in a right standing with him. And and that's because of love, Um, but again, you know, with these different examples that he's giving here, um, the world wants to suggest that you know there is no sexual sin. They want to suggest that um, right is wrong, right is wrong, and wrong is right, and it's wrong for us to. uh, I had a conversation with with somebody here recently, and very adamant about the idea that. you know, conservative Christians are all wrong and, and um, you know, and I'm not saying that there aren't conservative Christians who are too, uh, who aren't, you know, too fervent. And, and I think that there are some that are very, too much, too fervent. But his point was the idea that, um, you know, we need to be worried about only the gospel and not about um, telling people they're wrong about their sin. And, you um, And as important as the gospel is, um, God is calling all of us not to just be saved, but he's calling us from unrighteousness to righteousness. Um, We're created unto good works. All scripture is given for inspiration, or by inspiration of God, it's profitable for reproof. And what else? Correction and righteousness. Whoa, correction. You mean to tell somebody or... Myself to tell me that I'm wrong and to do something that's right. Correction.
3: Why why would anybody even need the gospel if they didn't think they had sin? Because the gospel is believing that Christ died for your
0: sins, right? Yeah. Turn to Leviticus. And um, again, the idea of the sexual sin is not a a new thing. We understand that when God creates things... And this is another thing that man seems to think. Even, even if they want to give God the credit for creating something, something like marriage or, or, or even sex, they, man, and all too often Christians today um, ha, are, are assigning it a position that it doesn't have. God created marriage um, so that we uh, men and women can help one another so that we can create families, so that we can create children, so we can fill the earth. And why does he do that? Because he wants people, and he wants people to worship him. So sex is, is about a marriage relationship. And, and so it's not about, you know, as, as even what society is today, oh, as long as you just love one another. No. First of all, you need to understand what love is. And so you better do a Bible study on that. But turn here to Leviticus chapter 18. And we'll see, um, is there a consistency when it comes to um, sexual um, wickedness and and what is right and what's wrong? And so Leviticus 18.22, I don't know how you can get much more specific than this. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. And by the way, if God's having to tell mankind not to lay with beasts, what does that mean?
3: <laughs> they were lying with
0: beasts. Yeah. That means it was happening. God knows the hearts and the actions of all men. You shall not lie with mankind as you would with womankind. In other words, men, you shall not lie with other men. Neither shall you lie with any beast to devile yourself with. Neither shall women stand before a beast to lie down thereon. And so we can see <coughs> excuse me that there there's been this consistent understanding of what uh, is sexual immorality, and so we see here in Romans chapter one the fact that it is listed before murder before all these other things um, that we're getting ready to see here how um uh, prevalent it was and how um, um, how big of an issue this is, but yet Again Christianity today has turned it into well who am I to tell somebody else Well look I'm not saying that you you should hate anybody I'm not saying that you should you know you know even be mean spirited, disrespectful or, or, or any of that type of thing but I can tell you right now um, not telling people especially Christians, fellow Christians that sexual sin is sin is not loving them that's not loving them And so God's telling us his opinion Back to Romans here Any other comments on that? I don't know that we need to really expound on on, on More of that The Bible's very clear of what the purpose is Of of, of sex, why it was created and, And what it's supposed to be used for Verse 26 For this cause God gave them up Unto vile affections For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And so here, again, you can't get much more plain really here. It's changing the natural use of sexual relations to do what is against nature, is what it's talking about. Um, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, Which was meat And and really the last thing I'll say on this thing Is again You may or you may not be aware Of how um, Predominant the opinion is out there In Christianity today That Homosexuality is okay um, and, And All of that stuff is okay And when I say okay I mean they're suggesting that God isn't against it That's That's very very problematic Considering what Romans 1 has taught us. And
1: in some areas, uh, thinking of Canada, it's gone even um, changing the truth. Mm-hmm. That uh, there was a bill passed, C20, a federal bill um, condemning um, sermons on spe- or discussion, talking about, teaching about homosexuality and what the Bible uh, says about it as hate speech. Yep. So yeah. it's been banned been banned and is against the law in Canada even in a church setting
0: oh yeah so, yeah. yeah it's uh and it's it's coming here yeah. in the United States mm-hmm. um, it's it's coming I mean whether it's going to be in my time as a, as a pastor or the next generation um it is coming and so uh,
2: yeah back up what he was just saying uh, some years ago like four or five years ago uh in Canada um Pastors were were heavily fined for even saying anything remotely like homosexuality is wrong, and a couple of them did some jail time. You know, and um, <laughs> we're seeing it today, right now. TV, I, every new program I've seen this last year, it's interracial and it's homosexuality is in there with the good guys. Now, I'm not saying that homosexuals are bad people per se some of them are very moral mm-hmm. except for that but yeah their thing is well that's the way we are and that's the way we are like I told the one guy I said you know you don't answer to me I'm just telling you what the Bible says you don't answer to me you answer to God You will someday
0: yeah and, and the thing is, is again is, as Christians we have a lot of freedoms all things are lawful not everything is expedient we're not told who we can marry, whether it's uh, from a nation, whether it's somebody who is African-American. Race and that stuff is, is going to matter. What matter, Unless you're talking about between um, the race of Jesus Christ versus the race of Adam. That's, that's what's going to matter. But as far as homosexuality and all these types of things. And the other thing is, is I also want to say this. As much as we talk about homosexuality, Sexual sin is sexual sin, too. I mean, and so we, we've got to be willing to, to call a spade and call a spade. It, you know, it makes us very hypocritical to be okay with this sexual sin, and because we're turned off by this other one, now we're going to speak about it. And so we've got to be willing to say, well, wait a minute. This is what, what say the Scriptures. This is what the Bible says is all manner of sexual sin is, is wrong. And so uh, that's the first thing. Did somebody have their hand up? Yeah.
2: So, I, I mean, I agree 100%, but how do they
0: justify teaching the Bible? What do they do, cut those phrases out of their Bible? Well, like everything else people do, they, they I mean, either ignore or they begin to change it, and they begin to overemphasize other words. You ever played those puzzles uh, where it's usually like a four-step or a three-step process and you got to come to the answer, but you you have to make sure that you adhere to all three or four rule, rules, you can't violate one rule to get the answer. Well, the problem with, with most people with Scripture is they'll violate a rule and they'll overemphasize one thing. And so, well, Jesus is love, and and, and there's all manner of excuses. A man is, is always full, filled with excuses. Um, and so, but most of the time, especially when it comes to uh, Christians today trying to, ex, to examine it, you know, they they don't really care what the word of God says They know what their heart tells them They know, you know, God would never hate Two people that love each other And, and that's they He use wants it. me to be happy He wants me to be happy God is love, and He wants us to love one another and then they begin to make false comparisons and say, "You mean to tell me that two men who love each other and raise a child and they you know they teach him how to to do right from wrong that that 's somehow worse than a married couple, and he 's beaten his wife and, and so, wait a minute, wait a minute let 's back up here you know and let 's really examine what scripture's saying here, and so they try to you know use you know um, False examples and argue from, you know, extreme situations and from hyperbole and and all types of things. And so uh, when man wants to rationalize his sin, even Christians will do it, which is why we've got to be very, very careful. Um, And again, I mean, where does the term sodomy come from? I wonder why. I wonder why that happened, you know. um, But... Again this is why it's so important as a Christian you need to make sure that this is this is your authority not you know not your cousin you know who's in a loving relationship not you know your own you know feelings it's well, what this is what this says and I believe this and so uh verse twenty eight because I promised that um, unless it was your fault we'd get done this week so um, verse twenty eight And even as they did not like to, look at that next word, retain God in their knowledge. Again, God made himself known. Keep in mind how old these people were that lived back in that day. And so um, you had direct witnesses to these events. When Noah died, Abraham was on earth. Think of that. So God gave them over to a reprobate mind. What's reprobate mean? Basically, um, if you have a different version, it's probably going to say debased. If you have a different ver- version than the King James. Um, one way to it's often used by commentators is to say not passing the test or useless, uh, worthless. Um, and it's often used, and if you turn to, we won't go there for time's sake, but you can write in your margins, if you go to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 30 it's used as in regards to metal that's discarded because it's of no use and so you know whenever you're making um you know um, i always get confused you make you make steel out of iron right not iron from steel yeah i'm pretty sure you make steel from iron well whenever you're smelting things you have the impurities that rise up right well that's debased stuff and it's useless and so the scriptures often use this word in reference to that metal that's discarded and thrown away, and so now put that mind in, in, in your mind when you think that think this or look at this. Um, and yeah. even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a debased, useless mind that 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 ought to be tossed aside. They're thinking it's 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 of no value to her. do those things which are not convenient.
3: Yes, I'll take full blame. But um, oh, there we go. Good. <laughs> um, I've heard the term "reprobate mind" used by pastors and others in how you can give up or lose your salvation. That because God references turning them over to a reprobate mind, that that that's, uh, equates to well, you can lose your salvation. Uh, here, you know, here's a, a reference to it.
0: There's a there's a verse. Turn to Second Corinthians thirteen five, and this is one of those verses I think that fits the bill of what you're talking about. Um, and again, when you use context, um, and when you compare scripture to scripture, kind of like what we were talking about before, and, and when you start in the wrong starting point. If I gave you a map and I said walk ten paces to the right, ten paces, you know, to the left, blah blah blah. Well, if you start in the wrong spot, you're going to end up in the wrong spot. That's mm-hmm. just the way it's going to happen. Um, and so here in Second Corinthians 13.5, it says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know, you not that, know, you, know not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. This isn't saying, suggesting the idea that you can somehow become a ep- reprobate, meaning that you can uh, lose your salvation. Um, not in, in, in any sense. You, be, by virtue being in Christ, um, have taken on His identity. Um, you've personified the Godhead. And, and what I mean by that—that's where Romans comes in. And, and, and well, we were already in Second Corinthians, but I turned it off, turned turn away from it. Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse twenty-one for he made him to be sin made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him you by by virtue of being in Christ you've put on his righteousness scripture says we've been forgiven all our sins not our past sins you know so it's not a matter of can we somehow shrug off his righteousness no you can't shrug it off yeah well and in this verse 28
3: in Romans basically what it's saying in the first half, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to the reprobate mind. So they were unbelievers, people who were choosing not to believe in God and trust
0: God, so he allowed them to... Who were already reprobate. Right, they Mm -hmm. were already reprobate, and you can get that from the whole context. Mm -hmm. Whereas in us, we aren't reprobate, we are in Christ, we are accepted... In the beloved, if you if you walk around as a Christian today thinking that you need to um, somehow confess your sins, maybe one of these days I'll teach on that. uh, You better be careful because what happens if you forget one? You're forgiven all your trespasses, not just the ones that you ask, you know, for forgiveness of. Because there's a difference between us positionally and those who aren't in Christ, and so um, it's a big study. It's a great question, a great point. Uh, and there are those who want to use that reprobate as- aspect of it that you can somehow become reprobate. Your conscience can be seared and you can walk away from God, but you're still in Christ. I don't believe that you can lose your salvation regardless of how much we even try. I don't think you could you could throw away because it says I've been bought. Something that's been bought cannot throw away its master and owner. You've been purchased. So um, back to Romans Really quick, um, go over these last few verses here. Um, It says, being filled, I'm sorry, God gave them over to reprobate mind, verse 28, to do those things which are not convenient. In other words, doing those things that aren't convenient to you. Being filled with all the unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, uh, whispers, Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, and inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, let that be a warning, kids, uh, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so here, again, describing how man has descended. And again, this all started because man decided not to glorify God as God. That's a dangerous road to go down. And that's why it's so dangerous in Christianity today. This is why I harp. This is why I say I'm a young earth creationist, and I'm proud of it. Because the Bible teaches a young earth, and it teaches that God spoke the world into existence. It doesn't teach that it evolved over millions and billions of years. It does, not, it does not teach that I, one time, my ancestor was an ape or was some sort of a thing that, that swam around in some primordial soup. It says that I came from Adam, and Adam was spoken into existence. And when you begin to, in any way, rob God of the glory that belongs to him, you start down this path. And this is the lesson that's being talked about in Romans.
2: So. My kids uh, a couple of years ago uh, bought me a 23andMe Ancestry kit, mm-hmm. and, and now they're an evolutionary outfit. But in their their letter back to me or in their literature, they say that everybody, regardless of race, and they tested every race going, goes back to one woman and one man. Mm-hmm. However, they say there's <laughs> 200,000 uh, years between the mitochondria Eve and the Y-chromosome Adam. They even call them Adam and Eve.
0: But that was nice of them. A little bit of half-truth. They just threw that in for us, didn't yeah.
2: they? I mean, everybody's, it's there. The marker is there genetically, mm-hmm. yet they, they still refuse.
0: The evidence is all around for oh, those yeah. who are willing yeah, to listen. I mean, and, and again, I, laugh, I, I make jest about the idea of they threw that in, the Adam and Eve. But don't think that that's not done on purpose to make Christians more okay with that nonsense. Yeah. That nonsense. Well, see, as I read through this this last part of this chapter of, of Romans in the first chapter there, it just drives home that we all fall into that Camp unless we're saved. Well of being debased, and, and whether we whether we do these particular sins or not, we're just as far from God as if we had done them. No, I, I think that we are all reprobate except for being in Christ. Except for being saved. Uh, that's and what that's trying, to me. That's what I was to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and, and to me, that's really the point of 2 Corinthians 13 5, is that it's, and examine yourselves whether you be in the faith Prove your own selves Know you not um, Know not your own selves How that Jesus Christ is in you Notice how it's worded Except you be reprobate So really what it's saying here is in, To to be a non-reprobate You need to be in Christ Absolutely. And if you're not in Christ You are reprobate
1: That's a very important so, point Can
0: I- Yep, both of you guys, yep yeah.
1: I think
3: uh, it's really important and it really emphasizes the importance of uh, dispensations because um, think about it people who are in Christ today and you compare those people who were in Christ 200, 300 years ago they would look at us who are in Christ, the filth that we allow ourselves, our eyes, our brains to watch on TV—you uh, know, it, it's it's okay—and you know every all the actions of believers today—you know, if it were judged in a previous period, they would say, "There's no way you could be saved." And, right, and then so uh, it, it just really, really brings home, uh, and then. And again verse 32 that said Who knowing the righteous judgment of God Again The people who say You can give up your salvation Look uh, it's saying They knew the, the righteous judgment of God Yet they, they rejected it They mm-hmm. turned away from it So that, that's the justification They use for being able to Lose your salvation And if you don't understand Dispensations um, you're, you're never going to get that
0: yeah, I mean, again, dispensations, if you're new to that, the idea is is that, um, not that God ever changes. God doesn't change, but his expectations on man have changed throughout time. And it's easy again to see. In the Garden of Eden, don't eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil, be fruitful and multiply. Well, that changed later. And then later, guess what? You know, you couldn't eat meat. Later it was, you could eat meat. But you couldn't do these things. Then it was later that you know you couldn't eat certain meats. So God changed throughout times. That doesn't mean that God Himself is 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 inconsistent. No, but God has brought man to a to a place on purpose, and those things have changed. And you gotta you have to understand how that stuff works. So,
1: oh, I was just gonna when Tim was talking, I was thinking, Paul's uh, there's nothing new under the sun, Mm -hmm. and then comment on what Rich said those same guys that are theorizing about you know our origin etc they were telling us 600 years ago that the earth was flat mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah the same ones yeah. how did that
1: work out yeah
0: and then and now they want to say that the Christians used to say that the earth was flat right. well no it was a Christian who, figured, who who realized you know that it has to align with what the scripture says right. scripture says it's a sphere so yeah. last I checked spheres round so, not flat. Great points. All right. Yeah, and I will blame um, the two of you guys. All right. Well, but we are on to Chapter 2 next week. So, all right.